Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. I'm just a little unwell, I know, right now you can't tell, but stay a while and maybe then you'll see a different side of me. I'm not crazy, I'm just a little impaired, I know, right now you don't care, but soon enough you're gonna think of me and how I used to be. That is... (laughs) Matchbox 20 Unwell. Yeah. And since this is our part two of Bipolar, we thought it was a perfect song. Definitely. Yeah. It talks about being kind of a different person. When you were. Yeah. Yeah. In a manic or a depressive episode. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Remember how I used to be. Yeah. I'm just, (laughs) I'm not crazy. I'm just a little unwell and just a little impaired right now. Right. Yeah. It's not permanent. I liked the message there. I like that too. Because that is the thing. This this is not permanent, mm-hmm. and you do you can stabilize mm-hmm. and be in a normative state yeah. for a good good amount of time. Yes, you can. Welcome back, folks. This is Shit Your Shrink Things. It's a show where two shrinks tell you what we think about life, mental health. We give you fun facts, statistics, even some coping skills to think about trying, and then we give you hot goss on hot our goss. Own hot gossip. <laughs> <laughs> like hot pocket <laughs> yeah hot pocket hot gossip <laughs> i like it <laughs> oh my gosh i don't feel good <laughs> oh no oh, Atlanta. <laughs> i haven't slept in so long okay that just came out organically in my brain i like it so it's- it's funny. Also, as a reminder, folks, we do have an Instagram, a Patreon, a Facebook, all of the things to follow us on social media. We'd also love it if you rate and review us. That yeah, gives us more visibility. That helps a lot. And helps people follow us and learn about our podcast. And again, if you're enjoying what we are creating, we do have a tip jar at www.patreon.com forward slash shit your shrink things. And we'd yeah. love a little bit of moolah. Yeah. That'd be sweet, sweet. Sweet, sweet. So, as y'all know, we do yep. have a What's Good segment here, and we talk about something that went well in the last week. So, what's good with you, Michaela? My What's Good is just a little something that I came across. Like, I like to, you know, share random little tidbits of stuff that trips my trigger. Little son, son. You should dance with the skeletons in your closet. Learn their names so you can ask them to leave. Have coffee with your demons. Ask them important questions like, what keeps you here? Learn what doors they keep finding open and kick them out. Mm, I like it. Mm. I have um, asked my skeletons and demons to join my army 
<laughs> right of the undead and evil. Yes, and then I make them work for me. That's if you're a, gonna. Yeah. If you're gonna stay, you better earn it. <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna stay, you better be lighting some other shit on fire for me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like make them effective. Weaponize them. If yeah. You know. <laughs> 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 um, or ask them to leave like a normal person. You know. Whatever. Either way, though, <laughs> you need to get to know them. You need to acknowledge them because they're just gonna raise a heck of a terrible time if you try to ignore them yeah they will escalate yeah <laughs> yeah i love that let them That's escalate great. for you yes oh that was so nice i enjoy that yeah how about you sunny what's your what's good my what's good is that I finally got a medical issue that I had going on treated, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm really stoked. I had a thyroid hypothyroidism, and I was feeling all kinds of crazy, mm-hmm. and then I got some meds, and unfortunately, I took expired meds for a week, which was a problem. Not helpful. Yeah, yeah. it was a problem, but now I'm on the good stuff, and I'm starting to feel a, a little bit better. Right. A small edge has been taken off, yes. but you still have- Takes quite a ways like to go months i think for it to start to feel totally better but yeah yeah so that's hy- the issue with meds man yeah hypothyroidism is just i guess where your body thinks your thyroid is evil or something and attacks it and so you don't have enough of the chemical necessary so it slows down your metabolism makes you want to sleep all the time makes you tired it can cause actually mood conditions so that's Mm -hmm. a big one that we look for as shrinks like if you're hyper it can cause anxiety or mania and if you are hypo it can cause depressive symptoms yeah for me i'm not super depressed i just get really tired and irritable yeah um and i thought that that was just postpartum (laughs) yeah so i was like "Eh, i don't know it's normal but to be fair i think i mean the postpartum probably i mean triggered you into this yeah right so i mean there's still a correlation between the two but Yep. There, I think that happens a lot. I've definitely met with yes. multiple people before where they think they have a mood disorder. We're treating them for a mood disorder. Yeah. And then we find out later. It's just a thyroid thing. It's just thing. a fucking thyroid thing. Yeah. Always get your TSH tested, Which is folks. why a lot of times with mental health, you do need to go see your medical doctor Always. first and get like a full panel done if yep. you can. Get your CBC and your thyroid and your vitamin levels checked yeah uh, always if you're having a mental health issue we we always say rule out physical first right so you need to go to your pcp first you gotta have a primary primary care provider and you have got to do your like yearly physicals you just have to please right because there are so many things that can masquerade as mental health conditions and you feel like you're losing your goddamn right and you can be doing the best you can with some of these skills but Mm -hmm. shit ain't getting better because it's medical yo yeah exactly (laughs) because you need a pill my friend yes (laughs) so yeah always just check that out first it's just like a public i was like oh this could be a really good what's good because i think a lot of people might like yeah vibe with that and be like you know yeah i am Doing everything. My tip off was the fatigue thing. My tip off mm. is always the fatigue or feeling really cold. Um, hair loss is actually one too, but oh, that's shit. postpartum. Okay. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, or like dry skin and stuff like that can be big stuff and mood stuff. My my tip off is not usually like I said the mood because I'm grumpy at all times. <laughs> I'm like the Hulk. Like my secret is I'm always angry. <laughs> so it you doesn't. Like it didn't even really. <laughs> yeah, I was like man, whatever. But so I I think that just. Folks, hey, keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get your medical stuff checked out. Yeah, it was just a good reminder. So I feel positive, you know, moving in the right direction there. Yeah. At least we're on the start of the the thing. You'll get over the mountain eventually. Exactly. You're on the journey. Exactly. Yeah. So, Sunny, how did your homework go? My homework was good. I have been looking more into bipolar. Uh, I think a lot of times I actually 
have been seeing more rule outs between ADHD and bipolar. Yeah. That's been most common. I've had a lot of women actually come through on my caseload with ADHD recently. I think a lot of women don't get diagnosed with ADHD when they have it. Like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like a yeah. lot. Yeah. I had, uh, um, I had a client actually who was misdiagnosed recently who was misdiagnosed as bipolar and it was actually just ADHD. Mm. And so, yeah, I have been really... And they can be together. You can have oh, both. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen that together a lot, and they actually are. It's legit. Yep. Yep. But you can be one of the few, the proud, the <laughs> comorbid conditions. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this particular person did not end up having bipolar. They just had ADD. And mm. a lot of times as women, you get misdiagnosed because you don't have, like, the problem behaviors, right. so to speak. Like, you're not setting fires in the back of the classroom because it seemed fun at the time. <laughs> so... <laughs> Right. I mean, you just were inattentive and not and missing all your assignments and yeah. yeah. And people were like, uh, okay, but that ditzy girl. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's quite sexist how that gets missed. But yeah, anyway, so this person, a couple of people have had ADHD and not bipolar. So I've just been keeping my eye out and just yeah. trying to be aware Vigilant. of diagnosis. We want to use uh that term Occam's razor. Like you want to use the simplest explanation first mm-hmm. instead of making all these additional complicated explanations because usually you can treat something with just one thing yeah. rather than a million different things. And that's usually easier for the client mm-hmm. to not be on 32 million medicines oh my goodness. and doing yeah. all these different therapies. It's like if you get the actual right thing, then you only have to do one or two things right. instead of 32 million. So yeah. yeah, I did my homework. What about you? Mine was just to monitor mood and stuff and... I have been monitoring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's, it's, it's just been a lot, you know, postpartum stuff. I'm, I'm not full blown postpartum depression, but I have Mm -hmm. a little bit going on. Mm -hmm. Um, A smidge. A smidge. A smidge. Smidge there. And just anxiety with different things and, you know, things, thinking about the going back to work process triggers anxiety and thinking about the move and getting everything organized. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's quite a few things I'm juggling. Mm-hmm. And so my moods are a little anxiety all over the place. Yeah. But did I you ever am... watch Invader Zim as a kid? No. Oh, there was a tiny like little robot creature that would always yell, Doom! And <laughs> like, that reminds me of your brain, you know, when you're yeah, anxious, yeah, yeah. is it's just like everything is doom. Doom! Yes. yes. And although everything is doom, then I have my really hopeful moments because there are some, there are a lot of things that are going in the right direction. It's yes, just like, are. Just got to keep everything up in the air. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Juggle, 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 juggle. Yep. But Panic I'm, juggle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm I'm not dropping the balls quite yet. I yeah. mean, there's been some real close calls, but – and my poor husband has had to deal with some interesting fluctuations. However <laughs> – I hear you, man. Uh, God bless those men. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being cognizant of it at least after the fact and being like, my bad. I was a bit cray-cray there. <laughs> That was the Mubby. demon. Mubby. <laughs> that was the demon. Your wife is back. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I'm happy to hear that you are at least moving in the direction you want to be and tracking. Yeah. If nothing else. Right. First yeah. step is awareness. Yep. Yep. Yay. We're both moving in a better direction. <laughs> <laughs> we are moving in a direction. <laughs> Movement is occurring. So this week, what are we chatting about? So this week we are continuing our mini series. Mini series, love that name. On bipolar disorder. And yeah. we are going to be diving into bipolar disorder two. 
Yes. And this one is often a little bit less well represented by the media. Right. Uh, and I think it's a little more common, too. I was going to say, I think, honestly, most people have this, not the other. Yeah. But they get diagnosed with the other. Yeah. And treated for the other. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and again, the media makes it seem like the other is more common. Yes. So basically what it is, is it's bipolar 2 is bipolar 1 light. Right? Yeah, right. So it's just like bud heavy and bud light. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So criteria has been met for a hypomanic episode and a major depressive episode, but there has never been a manic episode. Right. So they've never time- been the full blown mania. Yeah. So they haven't been that level of elevated. They've only went so high on the ride to where they're hypomanic. Yes. And as a really quick reminder, mania is just when you have flight of ideas, pressured speech, loss of sleep, extreme levels of energy. You might have some delusions or hallucinations. It's present for about a week or more. And it it's really kind of like grandiose, right? It's a, it's a big set of feelings. Might be some risk taking involved in there, sexual promiscuity, lots of buying, etc. Mm-hmm. So that's manic episode. So we're going to be talking about hypomania. But the occurrence of hypomania in bipolar 2 is not better explained by something like schizophrenia or a substance use condition. We talked about that. And the symptoms of depression or the unpredictability caused by frequent alternation between periods of depression and hypomania, it does cause clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. So even though bipolar 2 is maybe less severe looking right it does still cause distress it's not pleasant uh, yeah you're still having fluctuations you're still having impulsivity you're still having sleep issues yeah you're still having a lot of those things they just aren't near to the elevated degree as a manic episode they're a little bit more manageable but you're still lighting some shit on fire yeah yeah, yeah. you're not (laughs) you're you're not having a mini fire not like a full-on bonfire yeah exactly (laughs) except it's like little garbage can fires instead of a full dumpster fire right (laughs) yeah so for a diagnosis of bipolar 2 you need to meet some of the following criteria for a current or past hypomanic episode and the criteria for a current or past depressive episode so a hypomanic episode is you're having some abnormally elevated or expansive or irritable mood and it's like kind of a weird increase in energy and it Mm -hmm. lasts for four consecutive days it doesn't have to be a whole seven right And it's present most of the day, nearly every day. And it has some increased energy and activity level, but it's not going to seem as high as bipolar one's energy level. The high is less high. Yeah. Yeah. Again, if you're thinking of it on a ride, it's just not going up near near as high. If bipolar one is a roller coaster, then it has a bigger peak and a bigger drop. Right. And bipolar two is like a smaller roller coaster. Right. Less peaks and drops hypomanic episode doesn't have to last as long as a manic episode Mm -hmm. and the symptoms required to meet that are a little bit less as well yes i agree the episode is associated with change in functioning that's uncharacteristic of you so it's still noticeable other people are still able to see that you are hypomanic they're like wow this is off your speech is still a little pressure Mm -hmm. you're still a little more up but it doesn't cause as much destruction typically right so it may still have the same features of mania as previously discussed so you could have some of the 
pressured speech. It could be flight of ideas. It mm-hmm. could be not sleeping. It could be, but usually I, I distractibility. have, yeah, it could be distractibility. It could be concentration issues, irritability, but I haven't really seen delusions or No, I was going to say this. The psychotic features are not in hypomania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be something like, usually what I see, frankly, is like, Somebody's just spending more money and kind of a little bit more promiscuous and kind of like takes on projects that like right. maybe too many projects, but they know how to do all the projects. Sometimes. Well, and again, I think you have the flight of ideas and maybe some of that irritability going on. Mm-hmm. Like you're bouncing around. Yes. But you're not, again, you're not causing a full on, I'm burning the whole house down. You're yeah. just kind of, you know, burning little corners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And then you can have it, it's either preceded or followed by a depressive episode. And a lot of times, like, this one is a really tricky catch. And I think a lot of times people are like, what is wrong with me? That's kind of like the depressive episode. In Bipolar 1, the depressive episode was like, crap, I destroyed all this stuff. And Bipolar 2, it's like, what is going on with me? Like, a lot of shame because, like, Mm -hmm. why can't I control myself during these times? What's up with that? Right. And, like, a lot of confusion is what I see because it's not as, like, startling. And so people get missed for a long period of time with bipolar 2, I've noticed. And that one really also gets confused with PTSD and ADD. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. What's been kind of your clinical experience with bipolar 2? What have you noticed? I think kind of like what you were saying, I think a lot of time it gets misdiagnosed or the person like you said is just kind of confused like they notice that there's changes and fluctuations and they they are like I'm like I'm spending more you know they they notice that they're doing some of these behaviors but again they're not so full bore Mm -hmm. that they're fully aware that I'm in an episode you know like it's just like they slide into it so much easier like they could be in a depressed episode and then they slide into hypomania and there's a switch right there's more activity there's more uh, energy, but it's not, but you're still kind of doing some crazy shit. Stuff, yeah. And so it doesn't feel like you're just kind of, they don't notice that they're off yeah. as easily. Yeah. And usually I don't see people hospitalized for it. No. That's no. the other thing. Like, that's why, because like bipolar one, you catch it because a lot of times people get hospitalized. Like people, right. like people are doing members. such intense stuff that people yeah. are like, this is not, you are not well. Yeah. Like, we are need- you okay? We need right. to go get you to a doctor. Right. Whereas like bipolar two, you can just be out there living. Yeah. And people are like, wow, that person's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. like out there in the wild, just living completely doing your own life and, and not really ever getting like, it's not troublesome enough that it doesn't get caught and that can actually be a problem in and of itself right yeah like how we talked about with add and women yeah like we're not doing impulsive things in the same way always like behavioral disturbance and so yeah it just doesn't get caught right and it's not disrupting other people as much as maybe the other yeah yeah mania i think has a little bit bigger of a ripple effect on others around you and they're like yo we're gonna this is this is a problem yeah whereas this is like you're like containing it just enough that the water's not spilling over the edge you know what i mean like that like bubble of water just like barely there yeah exactly exactly (laughs) i have noticed it yeah disorders tend to be caught more when they are disruptive to others or society yeah rather than when they're internally disruptive because people will put up with their own shit forever oh my gosh but yeah other people will not put up with your shit <laughs> i've noticed so yeah that's a, that's a really interesting point the 12 month prevalence for this is a little bit more than bipolar one so it's about 0.8 percent but honestly i think it might be higher than that um, yeah i i see it more often and again i see adhd is a rollout substance use is a roll here but um also sometimes seasonal patterns of depression yeah. and anxiety are a rollout because like 
bipolar one and two often do mimic season. I've noticed there's a seasonal pattern to them. Mm. And so a lot of times, like, so does seasonal affective disorder have a right. seasonal pattern. So it's like, eh, you got to make sure that it's outside of that time. Also, it's not just seasonal. It's not just during the seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That there's at least one episode that's occurring in the opposite season. Absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I hear you. So now we know a little bit more about bipolar one. And we know some about bipolar too. Let's talk a little bit about like the causes of bipolar and when does it start? Bipolar one often will begin in somebody's teen or puberty years. It can often be triggered then. And it can start with mania or it, it can start with depression. Again, I think statistically, I can't recall where I found this, but that a lot of women tend to start with a depressive episode. Yep. I think that's probably true. I, th- I think a lot of people tend to start with a depressive episode especially because like the teenage years you have no idea what the hell's going on anyway right so just like that generates a lot of confusion and sadness and shame and guilt in people anyway and so i think yeah well I and that's, that's the common. one i think that might be more caught so maybe you actually did have a manic you know i mean yeah. teenagers can be pretty hyper yeah you know yeah and so your first hypomanic or manic episode people might just think oh you're just being a crazy little teenager mm-hmm. and then but when you hit that depressive episode that's they're like people oh, oh shit's real yeah. yeah this is a this is something Are you okay yeah. right yeah and then for bipolar 2 usually we see that caught in the early 20s uh, so I don't know if it's whether it actually starts then or it's caught then I would guess caught to yeah. be honest yeah. I the people that I know who have had this they started to experience it you know again back in their teens but whether or not the red flags were raised, mm-hmm. probably I not. I totally agree. I totally agree. Usually it's not, yeah. Because that those mood disturbances look so much like just being a teenager that people just don't know. Yeah. So what really causes bipolar? Well, honestly, this is one of those conditions that's highly, highly, highly genetic. Uh, this, yeah. this runs in families, and it is 10 times more likely to develop this if a family member has it. Pretty much any family member. I mean, this is one of those ones like – a lot like schizophrenia or schizophreniform disorders mm-hmm. where it is just like very, very heavily biological. Now, there are environmental things that can set it off oh, and sure. change it, but it's heavily biological. This is really, we use the diathesis stress model to describe this a lot. So it can be, it is biological, but you can think of it, as we have mentioned before, like a loaded gun. There's a bullet in the chamber. You don't know where it is in the six you know, right. Chambers. Yeah. <laughs> it could be in the third one. It could be in the first one. And then each stressor pulls the trigger. So you don't know if it's going to pull the trigger and the bipolar will actually start or if it's an empty chamber this right. time. But eventually a stressor is going to pull the trigger. And uh, yeah, genetically, you can think of it as like you just have more bullets in those chambers. Right. Yeah. You're more likely to get have it kick off yeah exactly right. but like you said a lot of times it's a stressor it could be sleep deprivation it could be substance abuse there's something Trauma. yeah there's something that might kick it off mm-hmm. often in the beginning yeah i've actually seen i mean i've seen a lot of times like people kick off when they have like you know episodes of binge drinking in teenage or uh, like mm-hmm. adolescence or college which is really common mm-hmm. uh episodes of like using weed or like cocaine or something like that mm-hmm. it's just like you you're just like at a party and something happens and you're like oh whatever this is fine and then you're like oh shit i'm in a manic episode like i've actually right. seen that happen before to people it's not that the like substance caused it it's just that there's a genetic proclivity you probably would have had that happen anyway it's just 
the thing that again it's just which thing actually which which hole actually had the bullet in it yeah exactly so and it may be genetically linked to schizophrenia in some ways particularly bipolar one with Mm -hmm. the delusions and hallucinations even though they're contained in kind of the manic episodes usually i mean it can be genetically linked and interestingly it's more common in high income than low income countries yeah i have a theory on that okay and i think Part of it is you are ignoring all in a in a high income country or like field. Basically, it's this like kind of higher pressure environment. Yeah. And you are ignoring all of like the natural systems and cues your body gives you. So, <laughs> sure. like, you know, think about New York City, city that never sleeps. Like you are kind of engaging in high. It's always high stress. Yeah. High yeah. stress career activities. You're not sleeping on a schedule. You're not eating on a schedule. You're consistently pushing your body and mind to the limit. And I really actually think that when you disrupt your, you ignore light cues and circadian rhythms and push, push, push for productivity outside mm-hmm. of a natural schedule. I actually think that's a recipe for mania. I think sure. that it's way more likely like in the folks who have a lower genetic predisposition and might have skated by without having it triggered. I think those folks are triggered in our current. Because it's just like you said, it's a stressful environment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, they talk about the teen years coming off. Not only do you have the new hormonal balance, I think how stressful sometimes high school, oh. little, you know, all the little drama shit that happens that that's kind of stuff can kick it off too. Absolutely. But I also wonder if perhaps it's more prevalent in high income countries too because we're on the lookout for it like we mm-hmm. we are more likely to diagnose and we are more likely to say you are causing a disruption right and and raise a red flag and be like no 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 we need to medicate you whereas the other people yeah. are like oh that's just jerry jerry just does that yeah well also think about like if you are in a lower income country do you really have access to all the like same online shopping stuff to do as much damage right like let's say you're in a place where in like a tribe system right and you're not like you don't have access to like computers or technology like how much bad can you really yeah it's a lot harder to light shit on fire yeah like you like well, I mean, you could still do some crazy shit. But right. Like, you could still damage some relationships. Yeah. You're not going to get in a car or a motorcycle and drive like 120. Right. It's going to be highway. harder to access those substances. Yeah. Exactly. You know, <laughs> like, like you're not going to be, you're a little more contained. So for what that's worth, I mean, there's a lot of differences, like why you could think of why culturally this is diagnosed differently in different countries. Yeah. I love thinking about cross-cultural diagnosis because I just think like Western countries, like particularly the US where we're located. I just think we're a mess. We are a hot, hot mess. Like we like to pretend that we are very grandiose. Yeah. And we we like to pretend that we're we're amazing. But no, it's I just think our system, like for mental health, is so fucked. Oh, yeah. Personally, in the US, I've like having traveled in a couple of different locations, I can kind of see like the comparison. Sure. And I think to myself, like, this is the US is just like not set up for mental wellness. It's just not. No. So if you're like if you're good to go and you don't have a lot of genetic proclivities towards uh, difficulties with mental health you might do okay here but like those of us who are like a little bit genetically more yeah sensitive, <laughs> like it's like oh shit <laughs> it's like the gauntlet yeah yeah the u.s is not built for 
helping those who struggle. Yeah, not not really. No, no. not really. No. Yeah. So it has a uh, bipolar has about the same prevalence in men and women. Not a not a huge difference there. No, um, no. It, it affects everyone. It it really does. Equal I've I've worked with. Yeah, I was gonna say I've worked with just as many men as women mm-hmm. who've struggled with this. Yes. So then let's chat just a little bit about the different treatment options by, for bipolar. So this is assuming you are accurately diagnosed. Right. So recall last time, the rule outs for bipolar are it could be bipolar, but it could also be PTSD if the symptoms started around a trauma um, and it, they are fear based, like the fear is causing the symptoms and it mm-hmm. might be PTSD or anxiety. So really look at the timeline. Uh, lots of times if these ex- these experiences are, are prevalent all of the time or present all of the time, then that could be ADHD, right? Right. So just be careful. But let's assume you actually have an accurate diagnosis of bipolar, which is rare. But right. Let's say you got it. Right. And again, I think this sometimes gets misdiagnosed when somebody has borderline. Yeah. That, yep. That's one so that too. tends to get blurried. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, you have bipolar. No, they have borderline right. personality disorder. Right. Or vice versa. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. So again, if those symptoms go back to our borderline episode, if those symptoms are stable and pervasive and do not change, like really over it, like they're just that way. That's just how they are. And then the emotional ability, like the fluctuations of emotion is just within like one day even. Yeah. Recall with bipolar, it's like you're going to have like a seven, four to like 30 day episode of mania, for example. And then like a 30 day episode of depression, like- it will go in these like cycles, whereas borderline is much more like this is up and down and yeah, it's left up and, and right. down and all around, but also all the time. It's yes, like that. right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's not a season for it. It's this is life. Yeah, this is just what it is. Uh, so you got a good diagnosis. You're correct. You know you have bipolar. Then there are a lot of possible treatment options that are evidence based, but. This is one of those ones that really often does require a medication on yeah. board. Usually medication is a frontline treatment for this. Honestly, we we wouldn't just do therapy. For hypomanic, maybe, like maybe bipolar 2, you could just do therapy, maybe. But most of my clients swear by the meds. Right. Yeah. Uh, The meds really help take that edge off so they can do the therapeutic skills. Yes. Because again, when you have that impulsivity, when you have that irritability and that flight of ideas, it's kind of hard to follow through on some therapy Yes. Techniques and skills yeah. when you have that going on. So if this kind of helps slow those things down or it helps give you the energy to follow through. Mm-hmm. Then it can then you can actually <sighs> gather the skills right. at the time where you're feeling better. Yes. But with bipolar, the treatment here, the, the consistency is key. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many people will be like, I'm feeling better. I went off my meds and stopped therapy. And it's like, that is right. the worst that's, possible that's thing. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, do not do that. Do not do that. Uh, is you want to really bipolar is managed by keeping consistent scheduling and yes. routines, and therapy and meds are no exception to that. It right, is absolutely critical to keep a routine. But so, I think that happens a lot where people yeah. they start to feel good, so they get off. Or sometimes I think that if, could be a manic episode. Right yeah, there, they also sometimes I think miss. Mm-hmm. The, the high highs oh god yeah. you know they're like i you know i'm leveled off yeah but i miss feeling unstoppable mm-hmm. i miss feeling like i can do anything if like people on bo- bipolar disorder feel three to four times as good as i feel when i have a lit iced coffee then i don't blame <laughs> them at all right like i do not blame somebody for wanting to like if i could feel 
the post-iced coffee 20-minute feeling for more than 20 minutes, I would do anything for that. Right. But the problem like, is it's a roll of the dice, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you are you can get that high high, but you're going to get some nasty lows and exactly. you don't – it's all unpredictable. Like Exactly. You know, I, I get the desire for it and the miss of it, but is it worth the risk? Yeah. It reminds me of Game of Thrones where they talk about Targaryens are – like a flip of the coin, whether you get madness or whether you get, <laughs> it's like whether you get Jon Snow or whether you get Daenerys, yeah. it's like a flip of the coin, and like you do not want to flip that coin, right? It's not a it's not a fun coin to flip because unfortunately you it will usually be paired with the downside, right? Yeah. So the consistency is key, and usually what we do for the therapy part is some sort of cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. There is a special kind of cognitive behavioral therapy. I don't know why everybody's giving therapy new names. This new one is called biorhythm establishment or interpersonal and social rhythm therapy, but I'm pretty sure it's just behavioral therapy. <laughs> yeah, behavioral therapy with circadian rhythm type stuff. Yeah, like. involved. Yeah. So all it is really is it focuses on sta- stabilizing your daily rhythms. We really, really need to focus on sleep. Yes. That's the big one. Is yeah. You need you a have sleep to be schedule. consistent. Yep. You have to have a sleep schedule. The minute you deviate from a sleep schedule, sleep disturbance is a huge trigger for a manic episode. Right. So, like, I'm say I will say that with my chest. If your sleep gets disturbed, you are more likely to have a manic episode. You need to be on a yes, sleep schedule. This is something to be super consistent about is yeah. having your bedtime, having a routine to wind down. Mm-hmm. Getting, having a consistent wake time. Yes. Having that circadian rhythm is mm-hmm. a huge factor mm-hmm. in managing bipolar disorder. Yep. And then along with that is mealtimes. Yeah. Like hydration and nutrition is very critical as well because those can be like not eating or eating too much for long periods of time or like not drinking water or right like heavily caffeinating yourself. Mm-hmm. All of those can be like triggers. And so you need really kind of stable meal times and also hydration and even consistent routines in terms of exercise is yeah. another really big one. Yeah. Again, um, this is a biological thing. So we need to really focus on our biological factors yeah. and maintaining some consistency with how we care for ourselves yeah. biologically. You know what I just thought of is, you know how we were talking about the cross-cultural stuff earlier uh-huh. about how like in certain countries it doesn't exist in the same way? It's probably because your rhythm is with the sun and moon. True. Right? Like Yeah, you- with the actual <laughs> seasons and with like yeah yeah like you all you have a really consistent routine that you probably really don't get out of because all of these like stressors don't come up in the same sort of way right like, the technology doesn't exist well, for that to happen yeah so i was gonna say and you just and don't the biological focus is there like you're hunting and gathering yeah, like yeah, you know what i mean like yeah. there is a consistent routine that you have to yeah. do for to survive yeah and it is like more in tune with nature too yeah like, in regards to like seasonality and stuff so you're probably less likely to get tweaked that's hmm. very interesting. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Theories on shit you're shrinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and then also we talk about in that therapy meditance. So we get like kind of like we might not be the ones that prescribe your meds, but we could help you with like scheduling and stuff like that. Right. And how Making to, sure like, you're taking a, a similar time. Yeah. And, yeah. And like just being awareness building about like how this medicine is affecting you so that you can report it to your medication team. Yeah. Right. So we'll often have people keep like journals and we'll experiment a little bit with their routine and we'll see like, okay, you did a 9 p.m. bedtime and an 8 a.m. wake time. 
all week long? What was your mood like, et cetera? And right. then we'll like switch something a little bit and see how that changes. Right. And then we'll like see, we'll have you keep journals with like your yeah, mood changes. Yeah, called a mood stuff. journal. And yeah, and yeah. throw your meds in there when you're taking them and how you feel after taking them, how yeah. long it kind of takes to kick in yeah. or. And what like side effects you might have yeah. so that you can get kind of a more, I would say, tailored sort right. of personalized experience. And really with bipolar, an awesome thing that would be really helpful is if your therapist and psychiatrist are communicating. That would be great. Yeah. So <laughs> like it doesn't always happen. Right. But if, if you do a day program where psychiatrist and therapist are in the same Team. location, yeah. that can be really useful. Or even like giving them releases of information and asking them to talk to each other. Right. That can be useful too. So then we also do cognitive pieces of therapy where yeah. we have like trigger recognition. Yep. So um, you can know when you're starting to slide into an episode and you can kind of, you know, bubble wrap things and prepare yourself, <laughs> right? Like, oh, you shit. You give your credit cards. Like, yeah. no, sorry, like give your trusted person, your mom right. or whoever. I'm I'm feeling myself starting to dip yeah. or I'm feeling myself starting to escalate. I'm so. feeling myself, period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling myself like a lot, a lot. And that's probably not great. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The more, again, if you keep these journals, the more you can be aware of those. You know, in the beginning, you might not, you might not know. You just kind of slide into it and you're like oh shit here i am now i am here right yeah. but if you keep a tabs on what your triggers look like what your moods look like how does it look like when you are in those episodes mm-hmm. you can start to notice the little little warning signs little red flags that go up so mm-hmm. you can prepare your world yeah and and hopefully not cause as much distress and damage yeah and a lot of the cognitive therapy too is like reworking how you talk to yourself about it of course yeah because it's like this is not your fault this is not a thing that is your fault everybody has a struggle and this is just your particular struggle so we're gonna like find a way to not treat yourself like you are bad right for having this right and maybe even like sometimes i will do like strength recognition for people like along with the diagnosis so a lot of people like I don't know why I'm referencing ADHD so much lately, but a lot of people with ADHD was like have a lot of shame spirals, but then, then mm-hmm. there are like strengths that come along with that condition actually cognitively. And so we'll be like, okay, well, what are the strengths of like bipolar or ADHD or whatever? And sometimes with bipolar, I see people are like way more creative. Yeah. Like they are way they more They are creative to problem solvers. Yep. Sure. Yep. And so they see like, things that aren't that others may not. Yeah. Or maybe exactly. that random rabbit hole you went down actually yeah, <laughs> helped you yeah. solve some other problem, right? Yeah. You, you looked at such a minute detail that you found something that other was necessary. Other didn't see. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, hey, like, let's, let's recognize that there have been some strengths of this in the past. You want to live differently, but it doesn't mean it's all for nothing. And like, here's right. what you've gathered so far. And looking right. at it as like data rather than like mistakes. Yeah. Um, And again, just because you have this diagnosis, don't put yourself down for mm -hmm. what you have chemically going on. Yeah. That's just... That'd be like me being angry at me for having a thyroid problem. Right. My my thyroid is pretty much just smoking weed on the couch. I don't don't love that, but like... What it, like? What can I? Yeah. yeah. There's no point in getting upset. There's about no point it. in being mad at my body yeah. and self for having this issue. It's just a little tired. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like there's lots of reframes. There's, and these. and we're gonna and we're working on it. Yeah. Exactly. Right? We're moving forward, and so that's part of the cognitive therapy stuff. We also often do family therapy. Yeah, that's that's a big factor. I feel like for mm-hmm. bipolar is having your support system be aware. 
Yeah. Of what's going on. Because you you usually will need to like kind of identify like seeing eye dogs, so to speak, during yeah. the time that you might be feeling yourself slipping. So part of trigger identification is like, okay, sometimes you can prevent it once you identify the triggers, mm-hmm. but sometimes you've gone over the cliff. So then how do we do harm reduction? Yeah. And a lot of harm reduction is about having like safety buddies in the situation. Yeah. That will like okay, if you call your friend, your best friend, and you're like, let's go out and drink and party and hook up with people. And then your best friend is like, let's do a different thing. Yeah. How about you just come over and we can yeah. hang out? And- yeah. And like, we, co- we can like jog all around the park and yell right. things yeah. or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. we can be crazy together. Like, why don't you let me drive? Or right. like, maybe you can't stop the person from drinking or whatever, but like, maybe you can make sure they don't go home with somebody they don't want to go home with or right. whatever, like, so that you can just... Or maybe we don't go, you know, go shooting weapons that day. Yeah. Like, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I'm going to go yeah. practice target <laughs> shooting. It's like, well, maybe we shouldn't be playing with weapons right now. Yeah. Let's, like, maybe you have down. your family, like, hold on to your weapons for yeah. you or whatever, right? Right. Like a big part of it is like identifying the people in your life who can support you in this and yeah. be helpful to your recovery. Right. And again, and communicating with them, like when you are starting to identify those triggers, what those look like. Mm-hmm. So that then they can, like you said, be a seeing eye dog and kind of mm-hmm. say, hey, I, you might be sliding in because sometimes we don't recognize the slide when you're yeah. in it. Right. But that also means they have to be somebody that you're receptive to. Right. Yeah. You don't want your seeing eye dog to be somebody that you're like, fuck you. Yeah. Nah, no, yeah. mom. It has to be somebody that you trust. <laughs> that you trust and that you can actually hear when they say, I think you might be heading into an episode. Yeah. And that might not always be the person you're closest to, too. No. Right? But I have a friend. (laughs) I have a friend. He's in a band with another friend of mine. And uh, they actually like tour and whatnot. And both of them drink far more than they probably should. But one of them has a proclivity to get really, really buck wild when they're drinking. Mm -hmm. And the other one, so let's call them Tim and Bob. Uh, Tim is more responsible when drinking and Bob is banana town. Okay. So Tim has on many occasions tried to intervene on Bob and been like, Bob, you're going too crazy. Like, we can't right, do we this. Right, we need to sl- settle it down. Yeah, and Bob will just not listen or would j- not just listen until Tim came up with an ingenious idea. Tim wrote Bob a little letter that Bob keeps in his wallet. And the letter is basically like, let Tim take control of the situation when you start doing X, Y, and Z. You know, Tim knows what he's talking about. Remember the time you did X, Y, or Z. Oh, right? And so then, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim will tell Bob when he's way too drunk, like, Bob, Go in your wallet. And Bob will be like, oh, okay. Like, it's brand new information. I'd be like, Bob, take out the letter take that out you the have letter. written to yeah. yourself and read me out loud the letter. <laughs> and then they'll read out loud the letter and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, this is my, this like, is true. reminder. Yes. Yeah. And I sometimes that's think cute. about that. I like bipolar. that. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, because you're you're so deep in the sauce mm-hmm. that you're you're not thinking clearly, right? Yeah. That's part of the struggle is yeah. your, your thought process is not as clear and decisive Mm -hmm. and where you want it to be i've written letters to myself like when i'm happy like on a really happy good day and when i'm really healthy like of things to remember for when i'm really not feeling as well like and i'll pull it out like i've kept them in my purse or Mm -hmm. stuff like that when you're like when you're doing well when you're having an awesome day and you're like 
hey, remember, I don't write it to myself in like a really sweet, nice way. Like, right. remember, my dear friend, that there are days like today when X, Y, or Z happens. And right. When all, all these the things beauty. go right. And yeah. this is beautiful. And yeah. this thing. Yeah. And like, and like, remember the smell of the lilacs when the storm is coming in. Like, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. remember these beautiful things. And so you can like keep those letters to yourself for when you're in not your best state of mind. You can read it and it will pull you out and give you a little string of hope to when yeah. you're more healthy. Just I like thought. that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's a, an artifact of being crazy myself. <laughs> like you need to have things for you. So these are all kind of like therapeutic interventions that we can do. But then there are also medications. And right. we are not experts on medications. No. Not no, at that, all. That is not our forte. We did not get educated on that while we were in school. Yeah. I mean, I would say like I definitely had, oh... Lots of us who did neurotracks had to do like medication stuff specifically, but we don't have prescriber rights. Right. Um, so I know about it, but I would I am not an at expert. All yeah. A prescriber. So no. For and what I that's yeah. Why, to some degree, I think when you work in this field, you get to know like, okay, this medication goes with this diagnosis yep. and this medication goes with this diagnosis. But as far as how all the nuts and bolts go, nah. Yeah. Generally, here's what we can say. We know that mood stabilizers are the most common, and usually those will be things like lithium or some kind of salt, like an acid salt, um, can be like Depakote or thing or Lamictal, things like that are mm. really, really, really common mood stabilizers. And another option is an- antipsychotics. Those yeah. are sometimes used, Risperidone, Seroquel. I don't see those as much. Those are kind of like more like really severe situations that I've seen um abilify that sort of thing they sometimes help the mood stabilizer but right. usually i see the mood stabilizer first right um, just when and then seen if, in clients. if they needed an extra thing Boost. then they maybe get the antipsychotic mm-hmm. sure and then sometimes i see in a depressants but um that is you, you need to tread carefully there because some antidepressants can actually trigger a manic episode right which Michaela had referenced i think in the last episode or earlier this one yeah so you have to be really really careful with certain antidepressants and so kind of like these things everybody the take home here is everybody is different there is going to be a different set of medications that works for you than every other person yes. your body chemistry is going to respond differently and never be afraid to kind of throw some elbows and get what you need if you you're having too many side effects and that makes you want to go off your med, please, please remember that you are in charge of your own care and you can ask for something different until you get what it is you need. Right. Yeah. Again, everybody's different. This is biological. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you need to verbalize what's going on and how those things are affecting, which again is why it's helpful to have a bit of a journal and kind of keep tabs on what you're feeling and experiencing so you can bring that to your provider and say, okay, well, I took this and like half an hour later, I was kind of feeling like this. Absolutely. So I would say that is the majority of information on bipolar. So that's our little mini series. And uh, yeah, so based on any of that information, what are we thinking about for outside of session practice? I think I'm just going to keep up on kind of being aware of how I'm feeling and acknowledging those and kind of riding my current anxiety waves. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think now that I think about it, I just might reread one of my little letters to myself. Like I think they're they're sweet and- they're a good reminder of the good times. And 
I'm kind of I'm a little in the darkness right now. So yeah, yeah. you know, I, I have had I have been in the light recently, but I'm a little in the darkness today. So I think it's just useful to try and definitely see for me, like knowing that hope exists and knowing that there is something really positive available. It, helps it does me. get better. Yeah, yeah it yeah. helps me. So I just like to think of like the beauty and sometimes I'll even like reflect on like cool trips I've been on or things Aww, like that. So just yeah, little, little I love cognitive that. exercises. You know, that reminds me of when I was in second grade. Now, granted, I didn't always love my second grade teacher, but this was one thing that she did right. Mm -hmm. She had a warm, fuzzy wall. Oh. So every week you kind of got somebody's name Uh. and you had to write them a warm, fuzzy, something nice about them, something that you like about them. And you would put it in their little envelope. So every week you got a warm fuzzy from one of your classmates. And I actually still have all those warm fuzzies back home. Oh my God, those are so cute. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, I've actually had clients even do homework where I'm like, when we're working on like self-esteem issues and Mm -hmm. I'll be like, go ask everybody, you know, one positive thing or to write you a little text message that is good about yourself. Mm. And then like they can keep the text messages or whatever. And that works wonders. Yeah. When it's coming from somebody else, sometimes it hits a little deeper. Definitely. Yeah. I actually had to do that for starting my business because one good like marketing practice is to like ask other people what they've noticed you bring to the table clinically and then they can like describe it and you can use that for like website or whatever it is and then i got it and it was basically a big warm fuzzy wall i was like yeah look at me go (laughs) yeah yeah so anyway i I think i might try something in that department i like that yeah so do you have any jokes for me this week i have a joke okay i bought my wife a mood ring when she's happy it turns blue when she's not happy it leaves a red mark on my forehead. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair enough for this episode. Mine was just it's a really, really awful dad joke. Okay. I love it. Go. How can you identify a dogwood tree? A dogwood tree? Uh-huh. It's bark? It's bark. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> you got it. You got like it. By his bark. Yeah. So thank you so much, folks, for tuning in to us this week. We will be back next week to take up more of your life minutes. And we just so appreciate your time. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening and following along. Yeah. You're and, awesome. And we will see you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.